Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis, live from snowy Nashville. Kids are out of school again. If you hear screaming in the background, I promise they're all all okay. They're probably just playing video games downstairs. Coming to you early because I've got a couple of television hits right after Clay and Buck. I'm going to be doing uh, Martha McCollum's show on Fox News and Piers Morgan's show as well. Uh, in the 3 p.m. Eastern hour, and therefore, uh, I will not be able to do this show right after. But we got plenty of stuff to react to. Like most of you last night, I was watching NFL and then flipping over to Fox News to watch the results from the Iowa caucus as the very first votes of 2024 have now been cast. Around 115,000 Iowans showed up uh, to cast their vote in the caucus. We will dive into that. What have we learned? Spoiler alert, the primary race is over and Trump is going to be the nominee. I will break all that down for you here momentarily. But first, let's complete the wild card uh, story. By the way, uh, when uh, finally on some wild card games, uh, we were right about the Bills covering. We were right about the Bucks winning outright as the uh, home underdog. Uh, let's start with the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen right now, I believe, is playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL playoffs. Certainly, Lamar Jackson's playing at a high level, had the bye, did not play. Brock Purdy has played uh, well all season. But you finally are now going to get the Bills-Chiefs matchup, but you're going to get it in uh, Buffalo. I think that Josh Allen will outduel Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about that in detail tomorrow with Kelly Stewart. Uh, at Kelly in Vegas on the fade on our uh, gambling-specific focused show. Uh, But I like for Josh Allen to be the best player in the divisional round playoffs. I think that they go out and win uh, that game. So uh, as uh, as we are rolling through here, The uh, Steelers just don't have the offensive firepower to be able to keep up with the Bills. And the Bills kind of play in that scenario where they're always allowing someone to hang around and they allowed the Steelers to hang around for a decent amount of time despite getting up, I think it was 21-0 early in this game and officially putting it to bed. They were never really in danger. I don't think the Steelers ever had the ball with the chance to tie throughout the course of this game. Bills pull away. Again, the storyline to me, Josh Allen and his dominance. I will point out, if you watch uh, and or listen to Clay and Buck, because we're now available on video every day. Uh, So when I say watch, you can watch on Fox Nation. You can become a VIP at clayandbuck.com. Either of those ways, you can watch all three hours of a video version of the radio show now. I'm not even sure that's officially been announced Uh, But that is now available on two different streaming platforms, both Fox Nation and ClayandBuck.com. But if you watch or listen, uh, I gave out four picks on prize picks that hit for a 10-to-1 payout. Uh, I said over on Joe Flacco passing yards and Njoku, his tight end, receiving yards. I said under uh, on... Uh, the uh, in the game between the Chiefs and the uh, the Dolphins on Tyreek Hill's receiving yards that hit, and I said under on Josh Allen passing yardage that hit. Even though we didn't get the benefit of the snowstorm, which was the primary impetus for me to make that pick in the first place, even in relatively decent weather conditions, that also hit. So if you put down 
uh, $10, you won back over 100 If you put down 100 you won back over 1000 That was a nice payout. We won three bets yesterday to help make up for the fact that we started really weak, finished three and five in the wild card playoff bets. Uh, but, uh, but a decent little fight back, not uh, that bad, especially when you factor in uh, the hit on the 10 to 1 payout on the uh, prize picks. Uh, okay, so the Bills win, they win comfortably, uh, and the Bucks absolutely obliterated the Eagles uh, down in Tampa. The Eagles collapsed, I think, finished one and six. Uh, lots of questions. A year ago, things can change very rapidly in the NFL. A little bit less than a year ago, the Eagles were in a position to win the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts looked like a franchise quarterback that you could rely on for years to come. That did not look like the case. Now, admittedly, they didn't have A.J. Brown. They've had injury issues down the stretch. There have been uh, uh, things that have gone awry for the Eagles. But in November, the Eagles looked like the best team in the NFC by the end of the year, they didn't even look like a playoff team. That was why I took the Bucs uh, to win as the home underdog. And that was certainly the right side. We also hit on the under in this one. The Eagles just didn't show up. And Nick Sirianni, who had a lot of criticisms early in his tenure when he was first hired, those have not vanished now. All of a sudden, the Eagle fans are showing back up and saying, what in the world is going on with this team? I think it is a valid question. Uh, to be asking after you get the beatdown in Tampa Bay. Uh, Jalen Hurts, not very good. I know the stats, if you just look at the stats, don't look brutal. He didn't turn the ball over, uh, but the Eagles were pretty much dominated. Uh, gave up 426 yards, 10 more first downs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got to give credit, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was given up, said to be a bum quarterback, that there was nothing left. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, $80 million over the cap. They did not have a lot of flexibility. They needed a cheap quarterback, as they said last night. They needed a cheap quarterback, and in order to have success, they needed him to perform like he was a top-10 caliber quarterback, and that's exactly what Baker Mayfield did. Over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. There was questions about whether Baker Mayfield was going to be healthy enough to play. I said that he was certainly going to play, which is why I felt comfortable betting on the Bucs, even though they only finished 9-8. and eight. Remember last year they had a losing record and hosted the home playoff game. Even though they only finished 9-8, and eight, Baker Mayfield played excellent at times. That defense still capable of performing at a high level. They finally stopped, even though they had to grab his face mask to do it the Jalen Hurts, the the, the tush-push that the Eagles have been running in short yardage situations all season long. Uh, And the Bucs now, as we look ahead to the divisional round of the playoffs, the Bucs are headed on the road against the Detroit Lions. Let me give you the early lines in these games. Saturday's games, Texans at the Ravens. Ravens nine-point favorites over the Texans. No one buying in to C.J. Stroud in the gambling markets in this young Houston Texans team. Again, we'll break down and give you gambling picks tomorrow. Packers a full 10-point underdog against the 49ers on the road in San Francisco. 49ers and the Ravens both coming off of the uh, the bye week as they uh, get ready there. Uh, we've got the Lions six-point favorites over the Bucs, uh, as we just mentioned. 
Lions with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game and equal the number of playoff victories they've had since the 1950s. Lions get to host that home playoff game, which it looked like they might lose over what I think was a blown call at the end of the game against uh, the Cowboys. Uh, and then the, uh, the Bills, as we mentioned earlier, are going to host the Chiefs. I think the two best weekends of the year for the NFL are wildcard weekend now that it's been expanded and divisional playoff weekend. As much as I love the AFC and the NFC championship games, uh, and as much as I like the Super Bowl, uh, that in and of itself is, uh, is relatively few games. The last great uh, uh, sort of weekend of NFL football because you only get two games next weekend, and then you only get, obviously, one game, the Super Bowl. I'll be out in Vegas, uh, I think, on my schedule. Should be interesting to see a Vegas Super Bowl, but that is all still to come uh, as we continue to, uh, to, uh, to break down uh, all of this. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis, and Outkick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. That is, uh, that is the NFL takeaways uh, from the, uh, the final two wildcard games on Monday. Now let's pivot uh, and let's talk about what happened last night in Iowa. The Republican primary is over. Trump won by 30 points over Ron DeSantis. If you watched this show yesterday, the top four was, as I forecast, it was likely to be. Uh, number one, Trump. Number two, DeSantis. Number three, Nikki Haley. Number four, Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, let's take them in reverse order. By the way, the polling, there's been a lot of question. This is the first time we've actually had voting out there. There's been a lot of question about whether the polling was or was not reliable. It was basically very reliable. The final couple of polls had Nikki Haley pulling ahead of Ron DeSantis. I didn't buy that that would end up being the case, which is why I picked Ron DeSantis to finish second, ended up being correct there. But all of the polls that were released in the last few days were within a few points of accuracy. That is, I think the final poll, in fact, I flagged it, um, the, uh, the final poll from the Des Moines Register, which is considered the most reliable of all of the, uh, of the polls, uh, had Trump at 48, Haley at 20, DeSantis at 16, Ramaswamy at 8. Nearly identical. The only thing was they a little bit overstated Haley, a little bit understated DeSantis. Again, if you watched me yesterday, my final four was almost identical to what the final results ended up being. Uh, but let me pull up the absolute latest. Trump gets 51% of the overall vote in Iowa, and it did not end up being remotely close. Um, and honestly, this thing is over uh, so far as I'm concerned. 51 to 21 uh, to 19 to 7.7. Let's start in reverse. Vivek Ramaswamy expected to do better. His campaign was hyper online. It was not hyper active in necessarily the television universe. And that's why sometimes you have to be careful about overjudging if you're hyper online like I am, uh, like many of you are. You have to sometimes remember that only about 20% of the overall population is active, is on Twitter. And only about 2% is actually active on Twitter. So you always have to remember 
Twitter is not the real world. Uh, to take it back to last uh, campaign, the 2020 election, no one was less active on social media than Joe Biden, yet Joe Biden ended up the Democrat nominee for president. If you had only been online, you would have thought Mayor Pete, you would have thought Bernie Sanders, you would have thought uh, Elizabeth Warren. All of those people were far more active on social media, but the reality was, again, a small percentage of people that are actually active in the, uh, in the political realm in terms of voting are actually online. So you got to be careful about that. Vivek Ramaswamy, 7.7% of the vote. And in the immediate aftermath of the election, he dropped out of the race and endorsed Donald Trump. Vivek had already said that he would do that uh, on our radio program, that if he were not able to advance himself, he would drop out and endorse Donald Trump. That's exactly what Vivek did, leaving us with only three candidates. Nikki Haley came in third. She was hoping to come in second. She came in third uh, and said in her uh, post-speech Uh, After the uh, caucus uh, results came out, she said this is a two-person race, even though she came in third. Now, admittedly, she is polling far better than DeSantis in New Hampshire, uh, and she has a chance to pull off an upset of Trump in New Hampshire. I think that one will end up fairly close. Remember, there's no party registration required. Independents can show up. Democrats can show up. Moderate voters who may not be committed to the Republican side can show up and support a candidate of their choice, given the fact that Democrats are not having their primary, which I'll talk about in a second. uh, I think that is potentially going to happen. But the problem for Nikki Haley is she's not going to win, I don't believe, South Carolina, which is her home state. And so even if she goes back to South Carolina, uh, I don't think she can win South Carolina. What I feel very confident about is she's not going to win on Super Tuesday so many other different states all over the country. Like the state where I'm sitting in right now, Donald Trump has like a 30 or a 40 point lead in the state of Tennessee. It's not going to end up remotely close in this state. Nikki Haley has no pathway uh, to the presidential nomination, which makes me wonder whether she's hanging on in hopes of getting the vice president nod. By the way, in the gambling markets where you can gamble on who Trump is going to pick as his vice president, right now Christy Noam is a substantial favorite as the VP. We'll see whether or not that ends up being the person that Trump picks. Remember he said in his Fox News town hall uh, that he already knew who he was going to pick. So I don't see a pathway to victory for Nikki Haley. I also don't see a pathway to victory for Ron DeSantis. Uh, To me, DeSantis put all of his eggs into the basket in Iowa. Now, he came in second, but he's way down. I saw the most recent polling from New Hampshire has him at 4 or 5% in New Hampshire. I don't think he's going to get a big boost there. I think it's hard for me to see how he is going to move beyond New Hampshire, go down to South Carolina. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I was watching... uh, last night, uh, and Kaylee McEnany said on Fox News something that I hadn't really thought about, so credit to her on this angle. She said she thought that Nikki Haley actually benefits by Ron DeSantis staying in the race. 
Uh, and uh, by that meaning that most Ron DeSantis supporters would otherwise be Trump supporters. I think that's true. And so when Ron DeSantis or if Ron DeSantis decides to pull out of the race, I think most DeSantis supporters are going to end up uh, as Trump supporters, whereas I think most Nikki Haley supporters are certainly not going to end up supporting Trump, which is why I've argued that the only one of the final two, if it were Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, that had a chance uh, to beat Donald Trump head-to-head was Ron DeSantis because his supporters will otherwise go to Trump, whereas Nikki Haley's supporters, I think, will otherwise go to Ron DeSantis. But I don't see a pathway for DeSantis to be the nominee either. And unlike Nikki Haley, I don't think Ron DeSantis would accept the vice presidential role in this campaign. Not to mention there is some complexity associated with whether both uh, candidates could be residents of the same state even in the event that Trump were going to pick DeSantis. So I think this is over. Uh, I tweeted last night. I will echo it. I try to be as honest as I can with all of you on a daily basis. I don't believe there is any pathway at all that anyone other than Trump can win. Leaving aside, Trump has some sort of health condition. Trump is unable to continue, right? I'm talking about presuming that Donald Trump stays healthy as he rolls through the primary season, he is going to be the nominee. Now, remember, Joe Biden has no real challengers. Despite claiming that he cares deeply about democracy, uh, Joe Biden wiped out both the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary from the front of the uh, Democrat calendar. Remember, Joe Biden came in fourth in Iowa with just 13.7% of the vote. He came in fifth in New Hampshire with just 8.4% of the vote. It was James Clyburn in South Carolina saying vote for Biden that effectively made Biden the nominee. Prior to South Carolina, Joe Biden had been doing very poorly. I would point out that Iowa and New Hampshire are the two states where people are most able to talk and interact with all of the candidates. What does it say that the people who knew Joe Biden the best in 2020 in Iowa where he came in fourth and in New Hampshire where he came in fifth, it feels quite spiteful to me that Joe Biden, after failing consistently in Iowa and New Hampshire throughout his political career, would suddenly decide to abandon the primacy of Iowa and New Hampshire and in so doing, argued that they weren't representative enough because there were too many white people there uh, to represent the larger caucus of the Democrat Party. And so they now are trying to put South Carolina first. I would point out that this also was a protection mechanism for Joe Biden to try to avoid him having to compete against anyone else in states where he has consistently floundered and where the voters have consistently said that they do not consider him to be a very good representative compared to the other candidates that they got to know better. But the biggest takeaway here, I think, there's a poll out today in Atlanta, sorry, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in the state of Georgia that has Trump up eight. I think if the election were today, Trump would win comfortably. Now, We'll have to wait and see what happens with all the lawfare. 
I think the data is also reflecting that as soon as charges started against Trump, in March when charges were brought, and as all of the ensuing charges were brought in Georgia, in uh, additionally in South Florida, and in Washington, D.C., they all served to strengthen Trump. Now, the Democrat plan, I think, was to weaken Trump and make him the nominee, and that seems to be their goal. But what may well have happened is by charging Trump with all of these offenses and trying to take him off of the ballot, many reasonable people out there, both independents and Republican voters, as well as some Democrats who are persuadable, are looking around and saying, you claim that the greatest threat to democracy is Donald Trump, yet you, as the Democrat Party and as Joe Biden, are trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life and remove him from the ballot to disallow anyone to vote for him, as has happened in Colorado and Maine and as other left-wingers are attempting to do. If you truly care about democracy, how in the world can you, for the first time ever, try to pull the leading opposition candidate against the President of the United States off the ballot I think those are very uh, great questions. By the way, Trump won 98 of 99 counties in uh, Iowa, and the only county he lost was by one vote, is what I have seen. Uh, and uh, and that is, uh, that is pretty crazy. By the way, paper ballot in-person voting seems to work pretty well. I'll just toss that out. Uh, also, a lot of discussion about the, the, all of the AP, I think the AP called it first, and then CNN and CBS and NBC and Fox News and everybody else jumped on uh, the bandwagon and also called it for Trump while people were still voting. I think that's probably not a good move. I think they could have waited another half hour personally, but I don't think it changed the outcome in any way. I don't think there's any argument that that was rigged or that that changed. When you win by 30, uh, it's so clear that you're going to win that it doesn't really matter when the race is called. This was not remotely close. In general, I think while people are still voting, you shouldn't call states, uh, but maybe they'll go back and look at that uh, in the future. Also, I understand because people are really committed. I know how hard the DeSantis team worked. I know how hard the Haley team worked. I know how hard Vivek Ramaswamy is working. There is a natural inclination if your team wins, that is, uh, that is the Trump side, uh, you can be conciliatory. But if your team loses, DeSantis, Haley, and Vivek all lost, there's a natural inclination to say, oh, I'm not voting for the guy who beat me, right? That is a natural emotional response. It's January. We are 10 months from the actual election. I don't believe that DeSantis, Haley, or Vivek supporters are going to actually end up voting for somebody other than Trump. A tiny percentage will, but Joe Biden is such an awful president that I think the vast majority of people out there, even if they were diehard DeSantis, Haley, or Vivek supporters, will end up coming around on Trump. Now, this is going to be a crazy year. This is going to be absolutely bonkers. And we now effectively have a general election campaign that is set for the next 10 months. We've never had two candidates locked and loaded this early. I still have substantial doubts, which I'll talk about on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show here in a little bit, about whether or not 
uh, Donald Trump is going to be going up against Joe Biden. I still feel like we may well get a bait and switch. I still feel like it may well be Michelle Obama, who is the choice. That's my uh, prediction for a while now, that they could pull a bait and switch using Joe Biden's health as the issue. But right now, what I would advise, if I were advising Trump, go a little bit under the radar. Right now, Joe Biden is the story. You don't need to make yourself the story. I actually think Donald Trump could run a little bit of a from Mar-a-Lago campaign. I don't know that he needs to be on the road that much right now. Come the fall, September, October, start hammering all of the uh, swing states in an aggressive way. But right now, Joe Biden's frailty and Joe Biden's uh, weakness is the story. The incumbent is typically always a referendum. The election is on the incumbent. But for COVID, I believe Donald Trump would have won comfortably over Joe Biden in 2020. If the election were today, I think that Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden comfortably. And I think a lot of Democrats deep down know that. All right. I'll be on television uh, in the 3 p.m. Eastern, a couple of different shows. I'm about to sit down and get ready for three hours with the Clay Travis Buck Sexton show. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Congrats to Trump. Congrats to everybody who poured their heart and soul into Iowa. We have a nominee on the Republican side. It looks like Trump v. Biden. Tomorrow, we'll break down all of the NFL divisional round playoff games. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Thanks, as always, for watching.